0: to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we discuss the earth, air, fire, water, and spirit elements of building a thriving, successful, creative business and life. I'm your host, Sarah, and I have a co-chat with a a wonderful, amazing fellow business mentor, marketing guru. I'm not going to get too much into the intro because I'm going to do that when we get into the show, but I always love it when we have another coach on the episode because you get like two coaches for the price of one double the coaching kind of double the mentorship kind of episode. So there's a lot of really great gems and nuggets in this conversation and I cannot wait for you to hear it. So I'm not going to talk too much. I just want to quickly tell you about a couple of things that are coming up. So what we really dive into in this episode is guru hopping and outsourcing the answers and going from course to course to um, teacher to teacher, from method to method, always searching for the answers outside of yourself. We really get into the discussion of when is it time to look for support? When do you need a mentor? When do you need someone to help you? Versus when do you need to start tapping into your inner voice? When do you need to rely on your own inner knowing, your own inner wisdom, and how how do you cultivate the trust to act on your own inner knowing versus thinking somebody else always knows better than you? And one of the primary tools for me in cultivating self-trust and really knowing what do I want, what does my gut say is the truth, is journaling. And as I'm speaking to you, I'm looking at my own bookshelf. I've been keeping a journal since I was eight years old, and I actually have all of them. There's many shelves on my bookshelf just full of notebooks and journals. And um, some of you may know this because you've been with me for a long time, but one of the first things that I did in the personal development world was I put out guided journals and planning books and um, planners for dancers, for artists, and for yogis. Uh, And I started that in 2013. I started making books. And I have a passion for creating guided, prompted journals, and part of that is because of what coaching is. Coaching is the art of asking powerful questions, the kind of questions that unlock something, that shift you in a new direction, that open you to new information. Uh, the power of the questions that you're asking determines the quality of your life and when you have a good coach they ask you questions that you haven't been asking yourself questions that change the way you think and the way you feel about situations and when i create guided journals i have an opportunity to create question prompts that people can use on their own so not everyone can be in a coaching session with me or with another coach but anyone can grab this book and work Work themselves through some questions that they may not be asking themselves. And guided journaling prompts have always been a major part of my work with clients and uh, in all of my group programs. And they are a huge portion of Master Moon Collective, which has been a four year long group program structured around the astrological aspects of the new and full moon and this isn't an astrology program we really just use the prompts of the new and full moon to do some introspection to ask ourselves questions and to look at different areas in our life one at a time and analyze how it's going how we feel if things are working or not working what we would like to do differently ways that we would like to change and For the past four years, everyone in Master Moon has gotten a new and full moon journal from me, a workbook. And this year, uh, for 2022, that book came out all at once. Everyone got a book in the mail at the beginning of the year, a guided journal that we've all been working through all year long. And I love mine. I write in it all the time. I use it every new and full moon and it helps us to really connect our birth chart to what's going on just by knowing okay right now as I'm recording this we're in a full moon in Taurus where does Taurus fall in my chart how might this moon be affecting me what does it give me a clue that I might need to pay a little bit of attention to and how am I being astrologically supported in looking at this area of my life right now and As you move through the year, you get to know yourself better, you get to know your chart better, and it guides you with gentle, gradual growth because you're not trying to change everything in your life all at once or overwhelm yourself, you're just looking at one area of your life and of your chart every new or full moon and then as the new or full moon comes back around we have a new moon in Taurus in May we have a full moon in Taurus in November as we come back around we're completing a cycle a six-month arc and we're able to go back in the journal and look at where was I about these topics six months ago and where am I at now and we can really chart our own progress as we plant the seeds of our intentions and tend to them throughout the course of the year. The Master Moon Collective workbook will now be available to everyone. I made an episode recently about closing the doors to the Master Moon program. The program is not going to be happening this year, but the book is going to be available. And for the first time, the book is going to be available to everyone, not just members of the group. And I'm really excited for all of you to get this little slice of Not just coaching with me, but self-coaching. And it's a beautiful book. And every month it has journal prompts for the new and full moon. It has tarot spreads for the new and full moon. And it guides you into yourself just with the questions that it's asking you. It's a beautiful and powerful practice to do this type of introspective journaling and to get used to asking yourself deep questions, listening for your own answers, and being able to chart the course of your knowing over time and start to really cultivate a relationship with your own inner wisdom. I'm so excited for this book to be in your hands. It is going to drop on Black Friday. It's only going to be available for a limited amount of time, so I highly recommend if you're interested in grabbing a copy that you click the link in the show notes and just put your name on the wait list for the book so that you are notified when the book comes out. I'm not Producing tons of them, these are all self-produced, and I ship them myself. So it is a, an undertaking of love. Um, so I'm not going to sell too many of them because I don't want to be, I don't want to spend all of December at the post office. <laughs> but um, there will probably be a hundred available. That's my estimation right now. And I would love for you to have one if you want one. My guest today also has a special gift for you, and the link to that is in the show notes. Thank you for listening to my little spiel about the Master Moon Journal. Uh, again, the link is in the show notes. And without further ado, let's get into this episode. I'm so excited because I am here today with Gina of Heart and Grit Coaching. Gina is a marketing, branding, messaging, and business mentor and creative coach. She believes that the success of your business lies in sharing your story, connecting with people in a human way, and being unapologetically ambitious and authentic. She helps entrepreneurs do what it is they do best with a little bit of spice and flair. I'm so excited that you're here with us. Welcome, Gina Ward. How are you today?
1: Oh, thank you. I am great, and I am excited to be here as well. It's been so amazing getting to know you, and I just really am so grateful to have been invited onto the podcast to talk about all the things.
0: I'm so excited that you're here. I found Gina on Instagram. Many of my favorite business internet friends I find on Instagram. I don't know who posted one of your videos, but somebody posted one of your stories, and I just heard you talking about messaging, and I think you were kind of debunking something about maybe it was about authenticity, and I was like, oh, this chick is fucking cool and smart, and she knows what she's talking about, and I have to be friends
1: with her. (laughs) That's interesting. Which was it on mm, Instagram or TikTok? It was on Instagram. I have oh, been Instagram. banned from
0: TikTok twice. They don't like me over there. <laughs> so, I'm not on there anymore.
1: Well, quite frankly, almost everything I do is a reel on Instagram because Instagram is my go-to. Just get saved and repurposed for TikTok. But that's interesting. I have a lot of myths to debunk in that area. So it could be one of many dozens of, of videos. But yeah, like authenticity is a hot word. It's an overused word and a misused word for sure.
0: Today, y'all, we are going to get into a lot of myths, a lot of misused words, a lot of oh. things that we both see in the online business space and the coaching space and we're going to hopefully like give you some some insight, some things to think about, some new questions to ask yourself. That is like I think the the biggest benefit of coaching. It's about the quality of the questions you're asking yourself.
1: Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And yeah. if your coach isn't asking a lot of questions, question that. Right. Yeah.
0: The quality of the questions you're asking yourself. The quality of the questions you're asking yourself determines the quality of your life. And so today you're going to have two people who are good at asking good questions here. So hopefully you, if you're not driving, grab a little notepad, take some notes, because I think some things that are going to come up are going to be good to journal on. Um, Before we really dive in, I always love to ask people on this show, what's your sun, moon, and rising, if you know it, and your human design type and authority?
1: So I don't know my sun moves and rising. I am a cancer. I can tell you that. (laughs) And I've been told through and through I am a cancer. (laughs) Uh, Manifesting generator. So those two pair really well together. (laughs) Yeah, lots of flow. Lots of flow. Lots of flow and lots of like water for sure.
0: (laughs) Are you sacral authority or emotional authority? I don't know. Oh, I want to know. Because a cancer with emotional authority that could be rough, but if you have sacral authority, that would probably be very helpful for ba- balancing out your cancer. And after the show, I'll pull your chart and I'll tell you what you're, <laughs> you're rising. That would into. be great.
1: You have only dabbled in that area. You're you work with Taylor, right? Taylor Slango. I do. I think. I don't know if
0: I'm the person who turned her on to it, but I know there was a conversation I had with Taylor once where she was like, I don't know my human design type. And after the call, I pulled her chart for her and like told her all about her chart. And now she's really into it.
1: Totally for that. Yeah. Like I, the human design for Shirley, um, I got into and I had someone do my chart and all that kind of thing. And it just, you know, kind of reaffirms like, oh yeah, but also validates the, yeah, I can totally change my mind whenever the fuck I feel like it. Great. That's what my human design wants to do anyway.
0: <laughs> do you remember when you had your chart done, Then they, did they tell you that, like, you're all about your gut feeling of uh-huh really? or uh-uh, or was it that you need to wait and you're never going to feel 100% sure of anything?
1: No, mine was all gut, and I, I am not a waiter. Yeah. So you're totally. a sacral authority. And intuitively, I wanted to say that is the answer, but no one had mm-hmm. told me that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yes. That's sacral. So with sacral, I do think that helps with the cancer. Emotional authority sounds so hard to me. So for people with emotional authority, they're only max 75 to 85% ever sure of anything because they experience the full range of emotion of every possibility and they have to wait like a longer time before they decide things. They have to wait until they feel all of the feelings. I was like, oh God, that sounds exhausting.
1: I think my husband would like for me to convert to some of that from time to time because absolutely it's like I see something I want to do. And it can be some minor, like I need to fix something in my car. It has to be fixed today or we have to paint the house and it has to be done in the next 24 hours. Right? Oh, my gosh. And it's just like I just go and just pick a color. I don't really. I'm like, that looks good. Let's go.
0: Yeah. By the time I've said out loud I want something, it's probably at least in a shopping cart.
1: <laughs> you know. One thing I have learned is that the, the beautiful thing about anything you create, you can recreate it anytime. So mm-hmm. why fucking wait? Like, and you won't know. You won't know until you do it anyway.
0: Yeah.
1: You won't know if it's the right answer until after it's been done.
0: Uh, okay. I could dive. So we could spend the whole time talking about <laughs> design stuff. So I'm going to like rein myself in before I get too excited. One of the things I wanted to have Gina on the show to talk about today. Um, I want to start by saying I heard an episode of Gina's podcast, the Heart and Grit podcast. It was your very first
1: episode. The show didn't even have a name yet, I think. it did. That's an example. Like I was in the shower. (laughs) I had been thinking about a podcast, but like I couldn't land on kind of a theme. But as soon as I landed in the theme... I got out of the shower and my robe and my hair wrapped up and recorded. Like that, that's the extent of – that's the execution style that I that I roll with.
0: <laughs> I love that. So in this episode, you talked about your business background and you talked about leaving a career to start doing yoga. You talked about opening your own yoga studio. You talked about the decision to close your studio, the decision to get into coaching, like the different pivots that you've made in your business. And first of all, we could do a long series that's just on pivoting, like knowing when and how to pivot is, I think um, it's one of those upper level entrepreneurial skills that isn't spoken about enough, Um, because I think. So many people get stuck in the sunk cost fallacy and they're afraid of what people will think and they wait too long before they pivot. They doubt themselves. So we could do a long series just on pivoting. And I was like, oh, she's a a pivot genius. (laughs) (laughs) What I've been thinking about recently, especially coming into Scorpio season and thinking about shadow, I've been thinking about The phenomenon of, you know, mentor and guru hopping and seeing people in the business space, also I would say in any, you know, we're both movement people, so I'd see it in the movement space, but constantly staying stuck in the learning phase and not moving to execution or going from guru to guru, mentor to mentor, even if they're all teaching essentially the same things. And I've been seeing that a lot and I've been thinking about it and being like, oh, what do I think that is? What what do I think the symptoms are that are causing people to stay in this mode and and not um, make the transition to the next phase? And I was thinking about like the desire to outsource your answers or kind of, mm, I hate to use the phrase give your power away because it sounds so generic, but there is something about the difference between feeling like I in my body know what I need to do and when it's time to do it and I trust myself versus I'm not sure what I should do and I always want someone to tell me. And I was like, this is a conversation to have with Gina,
1: (laughs) the pivot queen. Yeah. So I believe pivoting is nothing more but being willing to and having the ability to tolerate risk. Which is all of entrepreneurship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pivoting is about risk. And I think there's a flip side to wanting to outsource the answer, wanting to learn more. Is it really that need or is it the fear of listening to yourself? Mm-hmm. And, oh, the
0: fear of listening to yourself and being wrong.
1: Cause Mm. I think that's
0: the riskiest part is like, if we own a hundred percent of a decision and it turns out to like, I never say not the right decision, but it doesn't go the way you've hoped, or it doesn't fix the problem you hoped it would fix, or it ends up being a disaster. You just don't get the results that you expected. Yeah. And then you have to go, oh, that was a hundred percent me. Whereas if somebody tells you to do something and you do it and it sucks, you're like, oh, I followed the wrong advice.
1: Oh yeah. The coach blaming, the program blaming, the mentorship blaming. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think again, it's all back to the fear of not wanting to listen to yourself. And, and it's funny, I just had this conversation with someone yesterday, the fear of like you yourself have nothing to offer, Like Mm -hmm. you actually don't have the answer. And then you don't know enough. Like it's curious this idea you're talking about, like the guru hopping, the program hopping, I call it like the program junkie, the learning addict. I think is really super embedded in the idea that I don't know enough to do the thing yet. And I'm gonna get all this information in this thing that I enroll in. And that's gonna give me everything I need and I go do the thing. And while it may have given you information, what it didn't give you was the confidence. <laughs> to go do the thing. So you think the next program will, and the next program will all this time. You think you're searching for information and education, really what you're searching for is confidence and no program is going to fulfill on that. Mm.
0: All right. Episode over. We're done. That's all (laughs) we have to say. (laughs) Um, There's so much juice here. Um, What is also coming up for me As we're talking and I want to like I want to name this and identify it because I always think it's really important we culturally mm, most of us many of us for the most part unless you are probably because I've never been one but I'm gonna guess unless you are a white man who receives a certain type of education right because there's also some there's a class-based education here most of us are not trained from the time we are children to trust our own judgment for anything. We're taught from preschool that authority figures have the answers and we don't. And that like, if we learn things and and not even actually learn things, if we memorize stuff and spit it back out, we will be rewarded, right? Like that's what public school education is, is memorize these facts and figures, be able to spit them back out and you get an A. And then you get out into the real world And, like, that's not how things work at all. There is no A waiting for you to have, like, to be able to repeat other people's formulas by rote. That's not what success is built on. It prepares you to be an employee. It prepares you to follow orders. But that is the, that is like the exact opposite training you need for entrepreneurship. And it's funny, I'm thinking about like my mom is a college professor and she would always talk about how she had, a, if she ever worked with underclassmen, you spend the whole first year getting them to unlearn everything they think about what learning is from school because now they're in college and they have to think critically and come up with their own material versus just reciting things back. And I think when you move from being an employee to being an entrepreneur, you do the same type of unlearning because you're used to like, I show up to my job and someone tells me what to do. And now that's gone and you're just out here on your own and nothing has prepared you for that. And so I guess I just wanna name that like, some of this phenomenon, this lack of confidence, the desire for someone to show up and tell you the one best right answer that's gonna give you success, we come by it
1: honest. It's not our fault. I mean, we we, we don't know what we're doing when we get started. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Even though I had a sales background, I still didn't have a run of business background. Yeah.
0: And I always just like to name the factors in this that are cultural, that are systemic, that are woven through society. Because I do think, especially in the self-help and personal development world, Mm -hmm. we can get over-emphasizing on personal responsibility without naming that, like, this didn't happen in a vacuum. There's a reason that a lot of people don't have these skills, and there's a lot of ways to go find these skills when you recognize, right? We don't know what we don't know, but as soon as you recognize, oh, I don't know anything about leading myself. I don't know anything about leading. I've been taught to follow my whole life. I've been taught to defer My whole life, I've been taught that I'm not an authority in anything my whole life. And now I'm trying to put myself out on the internet and claim authority and ask people to pay me money. Of course, I'm falling apart.
1: Yes. And the thing I think there is to name, and I'm a huge, and I know this gets some pushback, but I'm a huge believer of it, is the level of resiliency, the lack of resiliency. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the level of resiliency and leading yourself. Mm-hmm. Because when you lead yourself, so, okay, you're an entrepreneur. So there's the phenomenon in which you're talking about. It's so great. I've never heard it talked about from the educational point of view. And it, it's, I've actually been a college professor before. So I get this. It is the system of consume and copy. And then you become an entrepreneur and you watch all these people who have been doing it longer than you and you consume and copy. And I want to validate that, yes, I've even done that. And it's going to be the natural thing that you want to do if you're a newbie in the entrepreneur world, because you got to start somewhere. But at some point you must then switch gears and become like, instead of consuming and copying, you create, All right? Copy becomes create. And instead of just consuming, you're it's curious. I'm a big, it's so funny. I come up with so many C words. Like, let's say we've done consistency and confidence, copy, consume, create, and curiosity.
0: Uh, somebody so, write all those C words down. Write them down know. real quick. Uh, and then yeah, send and to Gina because you may have just <laughs> written down her signature framework. She might have just said it on the yeah. show.
1: <laughs> but it is. It's like when you're scrolling, instead of consuming from this place of they know more than me. Can you scroll from and be just curious about whatever it is? And from that curiosity, get inspired to then create from inspiration versus a total, I have to be completely influenced by everything I'm consuming and try to copy it.
0: Beyonce doesn't follow anybody, y'all. She has 2 million followers. She follows no. zero people.
1: That's so funny. Um, <laughs> And then when you decide to create, you better have some fucking resiliency mm-hmm. because you're going to get a lot, a lot more no's then yes. And the word resiliency gets overused and misused, all the stuff. And it's so funny. I, I talk about this a lot and I love it is it's technically an engineering term at heart. Like when you test structures like bridges and cars and stuff, their level of resiliency is measured. And it's just the idea of, so if you think about steel versus Plato, Plato is very resilient. You can bend it, you can squish it, you can smash it, you can twist it, and you can return it to its original form. Still, you cannot. And so that's us as humans. How, what is our degree of being able to be bit, stretched, compressed, and then be able to return to your original form?
0: Do you know the song Buildings and Bridges by Ani DeFranco?
1: That's what's coming to
0: my mind right now. Oh, okay. Buildings and bridges are made to bend in the wind, to withstand the world, that's what it takes. But all that steel and stone are no match for the air, my friend. What doesn't bend breaks. Um, Yeah, I was like, oh, "Oh, I'm going to put that in our intro. Ani DeFranco, please don't sue me. Uh, I know, problematic fave, guys. I was a kid in the 90s. Leave me alone. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and it's interesting because now we're on our words our level of resiliency is directly related to our tolerance of risk. Those two things go together. And so- 100%. To look at, in my framework in elemental entrepreneurship, we're really in a water territory, which is Mm -hmm. also great for Scorpio season, right? So when we're thinking about emotions in business, our personal development work and our ability to grow our business go hand in hand. And if you are the type of person who currently has a very low level of resilience, who feels shattered by things, it takes you a really long time to recover from things, you are incredibly risk averse, you don't wanna do anything where you might disappointed or you might get let down and you might find this i always talk when we're in sacral right because everything that we're doing in business shows up in dating like if you're going around super guarded you don't like to let people in or you let people in way too fast and then you're crushed when they hurt you you have no boundaries you have rigid walls any of these things are going to show up in you the way you relate to business Right? What is business? It's relationships with lots of
1: people at once. (laughs) Yes. It's human beings. At the end of the day, they're humans on both sides. That's it.
0: Yeah. And so all all of the things you carry, the trust issues you have around people and the way that you think about yourself in the world in terms of relating to challenges are going to directly show up in how you approach business and in how you deal with the string of what some might call failures that is required. It's just a requirement. Absolutely. Like, your first 100 podcast episodes are going to suck. Your first 100 posts are going to oh. suck. Your first five programs might suck. Like, you just you just have to get out there and make shit and, like, not be great at things in public for a while. There's no other... Way. (laughs) And it's so hard. Emotionally, it's hard to keep picking yourself up and dusting yourself off and liking yourself and trusting yourself and liking your work and trusting your work in the face of knowing, right? Because we usually have good enough taste to know that we're like, oh, this isn't where I want it to be. This isn't as good as I'd like it to be.
1: Yes. (laughs) But I don't know how to fix it yet. I can just feel that it's not as good as I want it to be. And that's hard. It is. And it's, It's almost like I want to consider that it's not that it actually sucks, (laughs) right? say more. It's just, it's where you are right now. Like, it's really about meeting yourself where you are right now. And it's exactly what, so, you know, I do a lot in, yes, I do business, but I'm really like honing into messaging and marketing and branding. And that, all of that is very fluid as well. And think about it, every single thing you write, whether it's the email or a podcast episode you record or a social media post or a reel you do, whatever it is, that in that moment was exactly what needed to be written or said. And someone on the other side, someone out there, and guys, here is a secret, someone who will never like it or comment on it or share it or engage in any form or fashion, like, quite frankly... Sarah popped in and was like, I'm like, who is this person? I have never seen this person. She hasn't like engaged whatsoever. And I'm going to be in her podcast, right? Like we, we, it that has nothing to do with anything, right? <laughs> Actual engagement is nothing. But whatever it is you need to say, all right, someone out there needs to hear it. And you may never know. And then if you go back and read it the next day, you're talking about the past and you really can't measure something in the past as it sucked because in that present moment, it didn't. And now you're just looking at it from a new perspective because anything in the past you learned from, and now you're in this new learned space, like Tuesday, you're a new person on Tuesday than you were on Monday when you wrote that. And so the Tuesday, Sarah can't look at the Monday Sarah's writing and say that that sucked because it didn't in the moment. You just learned from it. (laughs) So now you're better.
0: And then there's a weird time thing too, because Tuesday Sarah's impression of Monday Sarah's stuff is, it might be hypercritical, but two years from now, Tuesday Sarah might be like, this was fine. We it was have brilliant. Like, such a weird thing that we have where we're like, when we're too close to it. And I think some of that is because when we're really close to something in dance i call this phenomenon six aerialists and two girls on fire please don't steal this it was it's going to be the title of a choreography book i haven't written yet but my idea was always that like in my head i have an unlimited budget i have like the super bowl choreography budget and i can have six aerialists and two girls on fire and in reality i just have like my body in the living room with my janky <laughs> knees and i'm slower than i want to be and physics is real and so Only we see the thing we wanted to make in our head. And so only we see the gap between the thing we wanted to create and what we made. And we have grief right? Like there's like, Oh, I wanted to make this brilliant thing, but instead I made this and like, it's not what I wanted. And so it's hard for us, I think in that moment to see the brilliance, but a couple years from now, you will have forgotten what your original idea was. You'll just see the product the way that strangers
1: see it. And you'll be like, that was great. Why would, why did I judge that so harshly? Oh my God. And it's all perspective. Cause it, this is making me think of like, you know, we both have yoga backgrounds too. Like, the day, the first time you ever do, if you're a yogi, the first time you ever do like an arm balance in any form or fashion, like crow is the most popular one. It is like the world has stood still for you. Holy shit. Did the teacher actually see that? I need validation. Did the teacher see that? I just picked my feet up off the ground is the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and then if something happens in like six months down the road, you were to take a look at the picture someone took of you doing that pose for the first time. You're like, oh my God, look how terrible that is. <laughs> right, because you're in a completely new place, and you've progressed. And then 20 years down the road, when your your body won't let you do that anymore, you're gonna be like, "Oh god, those were the good old days." <laughs> right, right. It's so amazing. Part. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of Funny. Um. So, but it's trust. Like you had you had mentioned this earlier, and this is a, the ability to take risks is nothing but trust. And it's about trusting yourself.
0: And here, this is perfect because we just looped back. I was like, I want to get us back on track. And this is perfect. It So if we are in a disempowered place where we do not believe we have the answer and we think someone needs to come tell us what to do. And this is another thing I've been thinking about right now, like the, the duality of holding that things can be a lot simpler than we want them to be. And we need to be comfortable with the fact that things are actually complex. There isn't. A one best right way. There's not a one best right strategy. There's not a one, there's not the best social media platform that's going to blow your business up for you. Like the thing that you're looking for when you're guru hopping, when you're platform hopping, when you're strategy hopping, it's actually something that's inside you. So when you're in this place that you don't trust that you have the answer, that you can be an authority, and you're outsourcing. <sighs>
1: Let's talk it's, about never gonna it's, it's never going to work. It's never going to work for you. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about – let's talk some about what that looks like. What does it look like when you're in a place where you do not trust yourself to take risks, to try things? What does it look like?
1: I – it's so funny because I just named something that I'm offering this. It's I, You just fuck yourself over. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's literally, it lo- it looks, well, what does it look like? And so this will be different for everybody too, right? Mm-hmm. I can just say for me, it looks like, and cause I've been there, it looks like second guessing everything you do. It looks like working in a coaching mentoring relationship. I've had many coaches and have many mentors. It looks like being too scared to put something out to the world until your coach or mentor is signed off on it. Ooh. It looks like being very dependent and like feeling like you actually can't run your business without having that person involved. So there's a need instead of a want. Are yeah. right. you want to check to see if you feel like you need to work with that person versus you want to work with that person? That it's actually a choice versus a, my business isn't going to survive unless I sign up for this thing. Which then becomes this thing's going to fix all my problems. And you're not even solving for the right problem because the problem is the mindset, not actually the strategy, mm-hmm. right? The
0: mindset and like you were saying before, the the resiliency, the and the confidence, the, it's it's a it's a, an emotional problem, a mindset problem, kind of hand in hand.
1: Yeah, and they go together. You cannot separate them out. Anyone who tries to, even in the neuroscience field, like it, can live in the same place in your brain. You know, it's like.
0: And I want to name that though because I do see people out here taking a lot of mindset courses and having the same problem. It's like, there's a somatic part. <laughs> there's a part where it gets into your body. There's a part where we deal with your feelings. And like, you mm-hmm. can write a hundred mantras a day <laughs> and it's not going to do shit. It is not going to do
1: anything because... Hmm. <laughs> it's like, where do I want to go with this? <laughs> so the problem I see and coming out of the yoga field, I have done a lot of mindset work and I have done a lot of mindset coaching. So I've had it done to me and I have done it with others. Um, Is that our brains are fickle and they are, and this is so funny because so originally go back 20 years. I, my background is psychobiology. I worked in neuroscience in academia and I forgot about this for a little while, and then I came back to it, of the job of our brain is to make sense of things, right? And it doesn't have to be right. It just has to feel not confused in the moment, which is a very low bar. Like we can talk ourselves into not being confused all the time, and then we're confused again, and then we have to do it again. And that is what mindset work can be like. Whereas I think the people's, Answer they're looking for in mindset work is I won't feel this way anymore once I get my mindset (laughs) correct. And what I want to tell you is that that feelings feelings will never go away. You just not have to give a shit about them Mm. and do it anyway. Like doubt, there is no amount of mindset work you will ever do to erase doubt from your life. There is no amount of mindset work you can do to erase fear from your life. But you aren't your feelings, and they come and go. And now there's nervous system regulation and there is all that stuff. I'm not talking about that stuff. But the whole idea of is, it's kind of like that. I'm not ready. And once I get my mindset organized, I'll be ready to do some of these things and move on and escalate my business. I don't have to learn anymore. You just have to decide to do that.
0: Oh, Okay, this ties us back in really nicely. (laughs) So I think that that also ties back into the phenomenon of looking for the one best right answer. You're like, Mm -hmm. it's mindset that's the answer. The answer is mindset. I'm going to take a bunch of mindset coaching programs and you're like, shit, okay, not better. It wasn't mindset. It's my Instagram grid needs to be prettier. I'm going to take a bunch of Instagram grid classes. Okay, shit, that wasn't it. Okay, it's nervous system regulation. That's the one answer, right? It's actually all of it in like, right? Like it's all of it together. But the other thing that you just said is I, with clients, I always type call this ducks in a row procrastination, right? Like the type oh. of procrastination or perfectionism that's like, I'm going to start after I blank, right? So once I get my mindset right, then I'll go all in. Okay, well, that wasn't it. Okay, now once I get my Instagram feed looking right, then I'll go all in. Oh, and then like, I can't get my Instagram feed looking right because I need a photo shoot, but I can't buy a photo shoot because I'm not making enough money and I can't make enough money until my Instagram is better. So I can't get the photo shoot. So we're just constantly trying to like put our ducks in a but we don't have ducks, we have squirrels and they won't line up.
1: <laughs> Call it chasing your tail. Yeah. So many, many moons ago, I used to do coach training. I used to lead a coach training. And at the very beginning, I was very clear that, because so many people are like, I need to do mindset work in order to be a coach. I have to get over all these things. I'm like, you are in the wrong place because you're not going to get over this shit. It's called being human. But I was like, it's kind of like you have feelings. Then you have thoughts, and then you have feelings about the thoughts, and then you have perspective, and then you have insight, and instead of going anywhere with it, I drew a circle back to feelings again, and then thoughts, and then feelings about the thoughts, and then perspective, and then insight, and, like, I see people doing this in the mindset work. I'm like, you're just chasing your tail, like, stop for a minute, because, I mean, I did year, I mean, I was involved in the high-level, like, yoga organization where mindset work is always dead. did and after like four years and 1500 hours of yoga training I'm like the same one or three sentences about myself that like I'm, I'm like where my mindset's fucked up like that hasn't changed in four years mm-hmm. and $50,000 <laughs> it's like when I feel doubtful I don't think people like me well I'm gonna do it anyway like that still hasn't changed eight years later now yeah. Like, I kind of like this, like, thing of, like, oh, I don't think she likes me or they don't like me. And I hear myself say that, and I'm just like, whatever, or so what? And if I can't say whatever, so what? Okay, great. Then maybe I just don't hop on social media that day, and I get to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. I think
0: what, in summary, we can say is metacognition is a bitch, guys. <laughs> And it's hard to
1: be able to think about our own thinking. It's like a a gift and a curse. (laughs) And we've been philosophically looking at it for thousands of years. They've been studying it in science field for hundreds of years, and they're never going to have the answer because there's no answer to the brain. Right.
0: And, I mean, like, one of the answers of the brain is we focus on what we focus on. Pay attention (laughs) to what you're paying attention to. If what you're paying attention to is overanalyzing all your thoughts, you're just going to have more of that. Um, so jumping back to what it looks like when we are, when we don't trust ourselves, and this idea of of program hopping, of guru hopping, of going from program to program to program, I've been thinking about it and and, you know, just letting myself chew on it. And I started thinking about it because I was seeing peers of mine and people I know in the industry, and I'm seeing them post on their stories I'm so excited because I'm in this new program with so-and-so. And and then a couple months later, I'm so excited because I'm in this new program with so-and-so. And and I'm curious and nosy. So I always go, look, what's this program? So there's, I joke, there's a one-to-one ratio of coaches to clients on the internet. Like every day there's a coach I've never heard of before with a great looking program. I want to take all of them too. They all sound great. So I go and I look and I'm like, huh, this essentially looks like the same type of program for the same level of business owner solving the same basic problem over and over. It doesn't necessarily look like I'm watching my peer, my friend, make strategic mentorship choices that seem to be advancing them, advancing their skill set, advancing their business, moving them forward. They're studying the same thing over and over. And my next thought was like, okay, like I'm looking at my bookshelf and I have many self-help books that essentially say the same thing over and over by different writers. And sometimes it does take kind of reading the same concepts a handful of times until somebody writes the concept in such a way that it finally clicks for you. So on one hand, I was like, okay, I don't begrudge the person that because on one hand, like maybe they just haven't gotten the click yet. They, they, you know, maybe you're at the level you're at, and you continue like taking programs at this level because it, you haven't had the click, or you and just so if love that's it. the
1: case. That's why, or you just love it, right? I mean, I have those same books too, right? And when I read them, I get really inspired, even though it's they're saying yeah. the same shit in a different way.
0: And as a dancer, I know that
1: I can point to that. I can answer. If you ask me the question, why are you reading that? I can give you a very clear, intentional, purposeful answer.
0: Yeah. And it makes me think about movement people, right? Like as a dancer, I know why I go take beginning classes. Mm-hmm. It feels so good in the body. It's a, it's a nice brush-up. It's nice to go fine-tune the basics. And I know the difference between going to take a class that's going to feel really nice in my body and not be, like, too pushed or challenged. And sometimes, I'm going to be honest, it's great to go take a class where you're going to be the best dancer in the room or, the, like, the best yogi in the room. You this know that. Flexible. It's <laughs> nice sometimes. But I also know... The difference between a class where I'm probably going to be pushed so hard I cry, which I still cry in dance class. Like, I still go take classes where I'm like, this is so hard. Like my ego is so checked right now. Like I am the worst person in the room. And I know when it's time to put myself in the room where I'm going to be the worst person. So I get my ass kicked in a good way where I get pushed, where I get pushed to and past my edges, where I suddenly become aware of what those edges are. And I see how much more growing is possible. I know the difference between what class is going to give me that and what class is going to Reinforce my learning, feel really good in my body, be cozy and comfy, give me a little ego boost. I know the difference. And I know when to take one of each. And so I guess one of the things, one of the questions you can ask yourself when you're considering signing up for a program or taking on a new coach or mentor is, Am I joining this, right? Like, what is that phrase about, like, always seeking to be the dumbest person in the room? Like, which is, like, a judgmental (laughs) thing. But, like, always seeking to be the worst person in the room in terms of skill set. Am I going somewhere where I am decidedly going to be stretched and pushed by who's here, by what I'm learning? Or am I choosing this because I know it's going to feel comfy and cozy, reinforce things I already know? Does it feel like a break? Does it feel... Like fun information to learn or is this getting me somewhere, pushing me a little bit? Mm-hmm.
1: Or you don't have the answer at all. So mm-hmm. I find that the most.
0: Mm-hmm. And now
1: as a, other than some of my smaller things, like my higher level things, you can't just sign up for those. I need to have a little bit of a combo for you because the first thing i ask you is what problem are you trying to solve? Yep. Why do you want to sign up for this? Like what outcome are you looking for? And if they're not clear on those answers, I most likely don't take them into a higher level group or as a one on one. And then if they're clear on the answers and I'm like, I don't, can't solve that problem or that why doesn't align with me, or you're looking for something that doesn't exist. Certainly not for me. And I don't think from anyone else, but, but you ha- ask yourself before you sign up for anything, like why? Why am I taking this? And and this is an example that I will say is, this is so important because I had a, a defining moment in my life. Um, and I, I have a book, I wrote a book and in one of the chapters in my book, where I was sitting there and I had a credit card in my hand, right? I had a credit card in my hand, the page was pulled up, I was getting ready to pay like seven grand for this training program that was going to last a year long. And I asked myself, like, why are you doing this, Gina? And I had to get really fucking honest with myself to say, because everybody else I know is doing it and I am going to feel left out. And I didn't sign up for it.
0: Congratulations.
1: Yeah. So why? And then when you can answer it, why? Like, because I want to. Okay, well, what purpose is that going to solve? You want to do that thing, but what for what purpose? Like, you want your Instagram grid to look pretty. For what purpose? Like, are you in a field or an industry where that even fucking matters?
0: Absolutely. Right?
1: If you're a branding expert, yeah, you probably should work on your Instagram grid. If I don't know. I could just make something up. Right? <laughs> if it's like you sell widgets, you know, it's like, who cares, right? Um, if you're a food stylist. Yeah. Like there, there are certain things or, I don't know, that's probably going to look, need to look pretty. Right. Yeah. It's like If you're a dog walker, dude, just put some, make sure you have pictures of dogs up. That's it. That That's just make sure you have some pictures of dogs up and you have pictures of yourself looking like you're having a good time with the dogs. Right. So what purpose is it serving? And then the third one is what problem are you actually solving? So many people, I feel like don't, can't identify the problem they're trying to solve. They just know something's not working period. And I'm like, well, that's not a good enough answer because something's not working in our life every day, every single day. Like right now, like kind of the lighting situation in my room is not working for me because it really looks like, I mean, it's just like something is not working for us every day. So like why, what purpose is it going to serve? What problem are you solving? And if you're not sure about answers with that, the work is to be done by yourself. Like there are times guys where you just like, Do you know what it feels like to try to run your business without a coach or mentor or a group? Do you even actually know what that feels like? It's like people who like to consistently consistently date. Do you know what it feels like to be alone?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because your answers will come to you when you're alone.
0: And many of us are trying to avoid that in lots and lots of ways. Yes. I think that... So we've touched on looking for the one best right way and feeling like if your business hasn't blown up, you just haven't found the one best right way yet, so you must need a different coach or mentor to tell you. We've talked about... Um,
1: and, and I would say a really good coach or mentor should be coaching and mentoring you on how to find your way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This touches on something we talked about before we hit record, which is... If y'all have been around, you've probably heard me gripe about this. I it, There's a couple of things that just ruffle my feathers in the coaching space. And one is that because coaching is such an unregulated area of business right now, there are a lot of people out there who call themselves coaches who are not coaches. They're not certified in coaching. And I also want to say, I get that certifications are gatekeepery, and sometimes certification is not the answer. And, but also... <laughs> In the coaching space, coaching is a specific skill set. And so maybe you didn't get certified, but did you learn the skill set of coaching from somewhere? Did you go to school for it? Where did you learn coaching and the understanding the difference between a coach, a consultant, a teacher... Those are all different things. And so a lot of times out there, people say, I've had a coach, I've been in a group coaching program, but what you actually did was you either took a course in someone's method that only works for them and like 5% of clients. So it was, it was clients, teaching training, that was a teaching a, yeah, training. Yeah, they taught you something, or you had a consultant, right? And the difference with a consultant is that a consultant is paid to come in and give their professional opinion on how to solve a problem and they say what they would do, which is also not the same. As helping you figure out how to do it yourself.
1: (laughs) Yes. Not the same. Yeah. And then the mentor is this interesting space of someone who helps you figure out how to do it yourself while also sharing the stories of their experience and expertise for you to do with it what you like. And a really skilled And that's a difference. Whereas coaching, yeah. I would be like, there is no sharing of your experience in coaching. Coaching is very one-sided, like let everything live over there with the person you're coaching. Yeah. And that's why I have recently switched to calling myself a mentor mostly. Mm-hmm. But like you said, coaching is a skill set. So if you work with me, there will be times where I pull out the tool of coaching, just like I pull out the tool of my Excel sheet, because, yes, I am middle-aged and I use Excel. <laughs> it blew some people's minds. I am aware of this. <laughs> but it's like the tool we need is an Excel sheet right now.
0: <laughs> no, that's what I was going to say. A skilled practitioner is frequently all of those things and knows when to do any number of those things during a session and can tell you when they're doing it. I can that's tell one when I have my coaching hat on, and I usually start by saying, can I ask you some questions? And I'm gonna ask questions for a while. Some of them might be slightly leading questions, but a lot of times I'm just information gathering because I think it is rude and presumptuous of me to start presenting you with solutions before I understand what you think the issue is. So I'm gonna ask a lot of questions. And then sometimes I can be like, if I shift into the consulting space, I can tell you what I would do about this problem if I were you. Would you like to hear how I would approach this, right? Mm-hmm. Or I might say, I've been through something like this before. Would you like to hear about how I navigated it? And all of those are separate skills and separate things to bring to a table. I was also a professor. I taught for many years, right? <laughs> I, I love teaching. And there are parts of the online business space Mm, this is great because this helps us when we're talking again about how to, ch- how to know when to choose help and what to choose. There are times when you just straight up need to learn a skill and you don't need a coach for it. No. Learning how to set up your business accounting. You can take a basic business, like you can take a QuickBooks class or a zero class, like you can just grab a course and learn or hire someone to come in and teach you a skill. So sometimes you need a teacher... Sometimes you're like, we have a PR crisis. I need a consultant to come in and clean up yeah. the mess, right? Knowing when you need what and what type of professional to look for is really important. And everybody out here in the world, like if you're just calling yourself a coach because it's a buzzword, but you're not a coach, please stop. Please don't do that.
1: <laughs> and and again, though, it comes back to everything you just said It comes back to if you can. Be honest enough with yourself to answer why, what purpose, what problem. Yeah. So talk And like then trust, know. trust that you, and here's the thing about trusting yourself. You can't trust yourself to make the right decisions because you're not always going to. And there's no such thing. You must trust yourself that regardless of what decision you make, you will do what needs to be done in the situation.
0: That is. Was kind of where I was hoping to stand, and I'm so glad you said it because the the only thing we really need to trust is that we're going to be okay no matter what. Like that's the main piece of trust we need, and this is with everything. So many people are afraid to do anything, and I we're going back into resiliency here. A lot of us have a wounded and disempowered relationship with ourselves, with our own emotions. And so some of it is just unchecked childhood stuff, like areas where we need, to use a buzzword, we need some reparenting, right? We need to do some inner work because we have never paused to consider that we have a terrible relationship with, say, disappointment. Right? I am so afraid to be disappointed because I don't trust that I will not fall apart. I don't set Mm -hmm. boundaries because if I do, someone might leave my life. And I have such a deep abandonment wound that I can't trust that if someone leaves my life, I won't fall apart. I have, like, right? I don't trust myself to be okay no matter what the outcome is. And so I cling to a bunch of things that aren't really working for me because. I don't know that I'm going to be okay no matter what happens, right? Even going back to the idea of dating, it's so much easier to let people in and be open-hearted and love people when you're like, I can trust that I can date with non-attachment and if this relationship ends, I will not be shattered. I can let you in and love you and trust you because I can handle separation. I can handle uh, this not working out. But if I don't believe I can handle it not working out, I'm going to come in with my guard up and I probably will push you away before it gets anywhere if I start to really like you because I don't trust that I'll be okay if I let you in and love you and then in the end we separate. And I I also think that idea of right decisions and wrong decisions, I have one life coaching client that we talk about this a lot because it's an area where she really loops, um, is am I making the right decision? That's a... Binary we don't even really yeah. need because there's no such thing as the right decision, right? There's millions of options at play in any given. It's
1: decisions that get you what you want. And yeah. then there's decisions that don't get you what you want. And then there's and, how you feel about it. And then there's the degree of how important what you want it and not what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. And if I go into spirit perspective, when I really dive into this area of elemental, we Don't always want, the. I hate to say the right thing, but...
1: What we need.
0: Yeah, sometimes we don't (laughs) want what we need. And sometimes what we want is taking us off of our path. And sometimes we are being divinely guided and protected away from what we want. And it's very frustrating. It's like... A two-year-old in the grocery store whose parent is holding them back from opening the candy bars on the shelves. And that two-year-old's having a fit because they're like, you don't understand how much I want this candy bar. And the parent is like, I get that you want that, but this is not the best decision for us right now. Please don't do that. Your spirit guides frequently, if you believe in this kind of thing, your higher self, guidance, the universe. We are too close sometimes to understand the long game. I didn't get the thing I wanted in the moment. And again, back to this thing on time, a year later, I'm going to look back and be like, thank God I didn't get that thing. Thank God I didn't take that job. Thank God I didn't date that person. Thank God I didn't move to that city, right? Like we don't always know why we're not getting what we want. And one of the things I teach in Elemental is like um, that phrase, people probably heard it. The universe only ever has three answers. Yes, not yet. Or I have something better for you. It's never that. no, right? So if you get what you want, great. You probably didn't learn anything though. Success is great, but we didn't we don't tend to learn a time. We're just like, yay, I feel good. That was my it's beginning class. A, Ego boost. It's just a dopamine hit. We love that. And we love it. And we should get that. And then not yet, very hard for us. We don't like that. But maybe like I don't have the skill set yet. I'm not ready yet. I can't handle that level of responsibility yet. I have more inner work to do before I'll be ready for that, right? Spirit's like, go grow a little more. I am not going to give you 500 customers if you are still in the place where you're so entrenched in people-pleasing and have no boundaries that it would crush you. I am protecting you from your damn self.
1: Yeah, it's in... I have so many examples of... Well, there's there's so much. Oh, I feel like we could talk for hours, but <laughs> there's so much to, to dissect around that. When you are giving all of your examples, of like around trust, it's all very personal. It's all very situational, and it's all very generational. Remember that. Cause it's so funny listening to you talk and I, I can't, I'm not going to presume to guess how old you are, but I think we're definitely a different generation. Cause I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm girl. I got disappointment. I am like a Gen Xer. Like disappointment is what we live on. It's what I grew up with. <laughs> it was, no was all I heard in my household. Right. <laughs> and then current parenting today is the answer to everything we think baby boomers did, did wrong. And it's clearly we don't have – the answers still aren't working. And you can just work your way backwards over time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, again, here we are, just human beings doing the best we can. And we're just going to always be in this place of having all these emotions that we don't want to have. And you just, just got to do the things anyway. I'm a, I'm a
0: cusper. I'm literally the – I'm the in-between year between X okay. millennial okay. 40, so 1982. That's um, a really
1: interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> My sister. Yeah. It's so funny because my sister sight. has the same name as you. Wait, when were you born? May of eighty-two. Okay, she's she's in January. Okay, mm. I'm curious about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it is it is interesting, and I think whatever the whatever the resiliency it is that you need, right? Whether it's about I can't handle he- right our relationship with hearing, no, like you were talking about, right, like. Yeah. I I talk all the time about gamifying no. And being in arts and entertainment, you know that you go to hundreds and hundreds (laughs) of auditions where you don't get cast in anything to get one yes, right? But same thing is true in business. And I talk with my clients all the time about, you know, the average conversion rate into an online program is 2%. So I'm like, oh, okay, your goal is to get 10 people. So we need, like, we need 2,000 people to say no to you. Let's go out every day and find a few hundred people to say no to your offer. Like, let's think about it that way. Like, what's our relationship with with hearing no? So if you're really like very resistant to rejection, I'm very resistant. I I have no resilience for criticism. If I get a negative comment, I'm going to fall the fuck apart. Whatever the area is in yourself where you know or you suspect that you might have low resiliency, you will also have low self-trust and you may be in a pattern of outsourcing someone to come fix what you think is the problem of that. If my Instagram is perfect, I won't get criticized. <laughs> if I have the right marketing strategy, I'll hear less no. Right? So like that yeah. might be some of what we're trying to solve for when we're program hopping is how do I get out of the uncomfortable outcome? I don't want to I don't want to face the uncomfortable outcome. Can I avoid it?
1: No, you can't. You can't and, avoid the uncomfortable outcome. And it it just all again goes back to like you have the answer within you. And the answer within you is probably going to be polarizing to what you've been told because we're all individuals. And if we're saying it's this way, but then all of the individuals do their own way. There is no this way. Right. So it's like I did. I mean, the reason I talk so much about marketing branding and messaging is because I had so many coaches in that area. I've, followed all the strategies. I signed up for all the things. I spent all the money. I even had someone do it for me to come back to what I already know and what I naturally do, which is tell stories. (laughs) It's before I even got into marketing messaging. I was like, my yoga classes kicked ass because I was able to weave themes and tell a story within the yoga class. And I'm like, well, this will friggin' work in any industry. If you're a good storyteller, I know I can't make someone a good storyteller. I can help them develop the skill set and practice storytelling. But if you don't want to talk about yourself, don't sign up for my program. You're going to have to find a different strategy because we are going to talk about yourself. Right. But it's because I would debunk, like, I actually don't need 2000 people to get the number I want. Cause I'm like, no, we're going to get a 50% conversion rate because we're going to go at it completely different. Where only 50 people are listening to you, but all 50 of those people want to say yes mean, if you can serve more than 50 people in a year, you need to be going hiring somebody for your business because my chances are you cannot. People think they can serve their people and they can't. They don't have time for that. But yeah. that is like my answer to it all. And it's completely polarizing because I'm like, no, you have to tell people everything, not just the good stuff. And you don't need to tell it to 2000 people, tell it to 40 people and get 20 of them to say yes.
0: I love that. And I think that also touches a little bit on like what even just the way you mentioned about engagement and about how I just like, I saw one thing of you, I hopped in your DMs and I was like, we're gonna be friends, I want you to be on my podcast. And you're like, who is this girl? But that's also true about people at a certain level of business and high level clients. And I find myself telling clients all the time, your high ticket customer, the people who will invest with you the highest, they probably haven't liked a bunch of your posts, they probably haven't been in your ecosystem a long time, they probably haven't been doing your, they they didn't buy your ebook. They're not doing your $27 offer. They are in the market for a mentor. They're in the market for a coach. They saw you, they felt it and they executed because that's the level that they're at when they're investing on that level. Mm -hmm. The person who is who needs tons of nurturing, who needs to hang out in your ecosystem for a really long time, who is price comparisoning, who's considering you between a bunch of other programs, who's like, they come to your sometimes workshops, they hang out for a really long time and never buy anything. That's not your high-ticket customer. They're just in a completely different phase of self-trust, of self-confidence, of their business. They are not... They're not yet. They're not yet. And I think that... Um, it's really easy, especially at the beginning, to get hyper-fixated on the people who are engaging but not buying and being like, my people don't buy. The people who are engaging but not not buying, they're your followers. They're not
1: your customers. Those are different. Exactly. Oh, my God. That's the best way. I'm stealing that, just letting you know. Yeah, there's a difference. They're not your customers because it does not matter. I can look at every single client I have had and the ones who have been with me the longest – and even though they've been, like, I'm still coaching them a year later, still did not engage with me on social media. Yeah. It's just not what they do. And, quite frankly, my latest mentor, which was I pay her a lot of money, and I didn't really engage with her. I just, like, I saw a friend was using her. I followed her a couple of things. I dropped in her DMs, asked a couple of questions, and then I paid her. Yeah. That was it. So let's talk about this as we wrap up.
0: Let's get into how, some some cues that somebody could look at cuz we talked about questions to ask yourself when you're about to sign up for something. But let's let's dig into a little more between like when is it time for you to trust yourself, stick with what you've already got and just like execute for a while, be consistent, be in your own mode. Versus when is it time to go either seek a mentor, seek a, take a class. Like how, how can we start to help people discern when do I need to, I'm thinking also again about the fitness world, right? Like doing yoga for a week and then doing Pilates for a week and then doing weightlifting for a week (laughs) and then taking three years off and starting over, over and over and over again is not getting you anywhere. But if you did five minutes of stretching a day for a year you would have a huge shift in your flexibility, right? So like, when is it time to be simple and consistent and stick with what you know, versus push
1: yourself a little or go learn a new skill? Oh, I think those two things can live at the same time. Mm -hmm. So can we reframe the question? Because I think you should always be specific and simple. Mm -hmm. And in terms of sticking with what you know, I think you can find a coach or mentor sticking with what you know is very beneficial as long as they also fulfill on pushing and challenging you.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right? Those two things can live together and it should be specific and it should be simple. So I actually think it should... The thing should fulfill on all of that. And if it doesn't, that's where you actually need to ask yourself, is this really where I need to be? Because mm-hmm. I, it, again, like it depends, it just goes back to what problem do you need to solve? And like, for me, I have other than like, oh, there's just something I need to learn and I go figure out where I need to learn it. And I do that thing. The only problem I need to solve is that I want someone to support me. I don't want to do this alone. I want to mentor so that I have someone to knock on the door and laugh with, cry with, brainstorm with, problem solve with. But I had to find someone who sees me as a peer and not a follower or student. love that. And I think that is a very, you, you, I think, and I don't think that teacher-student is a bad relationship, but it I think you have to ask yourself at what point are you no longer actually moving forwards with what you're learning? You're just collecting notebooks full of shit.
0: Boom. There we go. There we go. If
1: you have an entire, and I'm leading, I have a mastermind, and it's very much teaching. It is how to build a business. It is almost all teaching. But we're a little over halfway through, and I've already decided it's this afternoon that we're putting a halt onto any, I'm not teaching them anything else because I can see too much. I'm giving them too much and now they're just taking notes and they're not implementing anything. And my purpose, when people signed up, I'm like, my purpose at the end of this, you have the beginnings of a, like the business is running. It's not, you learn how to run a business. I say, see you later. Good luck with that. I want you implementing while you that's the thing. If you work with me, implementation happens with me, not you learn a bunch of stuff and then I hope you go implement it later.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I'm just putting a halt to that. And so it's, you have to regulate that yourself. Be like, I'm just learning a bunch of shit. I'm not doing any of it. Or the person I'm working with isn't recognizing that that's what's happening is a problem because then they don't have your best interests and hearts either. And when you
0: hit that precipice, right, you recognize I'm just learning a bunch of shit, but I'm not doing any of it. When you sit with that, what will probably swim to the surface is all of your doubts, fears, and objections about taking action, and that's what you really need coaching on. <laughs> that's the area where the coach comes in and helps you, but you can't even get to that if you're just holding on to the learning phase and, you know, and, and kind of like staying in that perpetual student mode. The day they're like, the teacher's like, okay, now your turn, and you're like, oh my god, but, ah, whatever yeah. that is that's actually the work you you may need to do next is like when i think about implementing by myself and i let all of the discomfort swim to the surface now you
1: have something to work with now you know what's exactly. going on be back because you have some answers to those questions when you can be honest with yourself and know that you're in that place then and you go looking for someone to work with the answer why am i why am i hiring this person Because I'm not executing with anyone else and I expect to execute with you. What is the purpose? To have X, Y, and Z accomplished in my business. And what problem are you solving? Me sitting around only learning. Mm -hmm. And that coach or mentor needs to be clear and great, I can help you with that or I cannot.
0: And I wanna just lovingly, as we (laughs) as we look at Scorpio season, as we look at water, as we look at spirit, as we look at shadow. When the discomfort rushes to the surface, do not be in a rush to get out of it. I think that's sometimes what has us jump up and pull out the credit card and sign up for a program too fast without asking the question mm-hmm. is that we, we sense discomfort or we feel a little bit of discomfort. And we're like, I have to get out of this. I have to fix it. Sometimes you need to stay with your discomfort a little while longer. That's one of the brilliant things about yoga to me is it's just learning how to be calm when you're uncomfortable and your body on the mat so that you can practice doing it in your life. You're just like, oh, okay, this is uncomfortable and I can hold that. Let me sit with it. Let me sit with it for two days let me bust out my journal. Let me, like, ask the discomfort some questions. What am I really uncomfortable about? Because you may have a little bit more digging to do about what the real problem is before you rush out and buy the first course that comes across your feed in the moment that you're uncomfortable, um, yeah. which is what marketing Just, is praying for, is for you to be on
1: friggin- Instagram while you're uncomfortable. Exactly. So the, it, it is so funny. I, I tell people, ask these fucking questions before you open up those apps. Why are you about to open up the app? What purpose is a survey? What problem are you trying to solve? When I get in those states, I don't get on social media. Like it's a recipe for disaster. Social media is a business tool mm-hmm. or it's a friendship tool with the people that you know. All that other stuff, just pff, let it go, right? And, and then I would very much like to leave everyone with this. You are not fucking alone. If you think for a hot minute, And I'll go and I'll just speak for Sarah that Sarah does not actually go through this as well. And that I don't go through this on a regular basis of like, I just, I get, I do the thing, I take the risk, and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm in a new place. Something happens and I'm uncomfortable and there's a lot of discomfort. And I mean, at least once a month, I'm like, fuck this, I'm out, I'm gonna get a job working at Starbucks. I'm eight years in, entrepreneur, and I still have those thoughts. So it's totally okay. And you're not alone.
0: It's totally okay. You're not alone. You are so much more powerful and capable than you think you are most of the time. The stories in your head about how you're not are a liar.
1: <laughs> you don't have to listen to them. It's, it's, it's just, you know, we like to prove ourselves right. Yeah. So we create these comments and these things... The only thing worse than like being a failure is also being a liar and a failure. Mm. (laughs) So you will prove yourself right through your (laughs) self-talk.
0: Yeah. Being able and willing to recognize that you don't know something, that you need help, that it's time to solve a problem, that it's time to change directions. None of those things are failure. No. It's not family. Life.
1: Yeah. It is life.
0: And I know we're like, we could talk forever, but I want to touch on it because we talked about it. So we talked about when to know it's time to get help. When do we know it's time to pivot? When is it time to walk away? To trust that like you actually have done all you can do in one direction. It might be time to change course.
1: You mean just in general? Sure. Why not? <sighs> <laughs> When your gut's telling you to and you just don't want to listen, Mm. the minute the idea pops into your head, it's there for a reason. And you know whether or not it's a reaction to something or this, like, really deep down, tingly, okay, this needs to happen and you can't stop thinking about it, like, does the idea of like going to work at Starbucks pop in my head? Yes. Does the idea of working Starbucks give me like tinglies that I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about? No. <laughs> That's the difference between crazy head and your intuition, and your gut, trying to lead you somewhere to something, like, and it's something you want. You know, if you guys get quiet enough, you know. I can't explain it to you. You know.
0: Yeah. I'll add to both of these my one of my experiences with um when it's time to seek a mentor like the current mentor that I'm working with I sought her out when the thing I had been doing consistently for mm, almost a year was not working and so there's something about like um Giving stuff long enough to be able to tell whether or not the strategy is not working or it's run its course versus like I'm being impatient and I want things to work too quickly. Like a lot of times when people are like, my launch is flopping, I'm like, well, how many days in are you? They're like two, and I'm like, okay, no it's not. Go back to work.
1: <laughs> um, <it> everybody <laughs> else. <then.
0: laughs> yeah, that's not what's happening. But if you're like, okay, Four of my launches this year have drastically underperformed. Something's happening and I can't quite figure out what it is, but there's something there's something that's not working and I need an outside eye to help me figure out what it is I'm doing that's not working because things that used to work aren't working anymore. That can be a good time to think about getting an outside eye, but it's because you're like, okay, month over month, I can say, honestly, I can assess myself and honestly say, I've been showing up. I've been putting in the work, I'm doing things that used to consistently yield a certain type of result, and I'm not getting no results, but it's not what I expect it to be. Something is off, that can be a good time to go in, but you need to, for myself, I'm monitoring the difference between am I being impatient or is it actually time to like accept that what I'm doing is not working?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I would even take it a step further, and this is where I'm going in 2023 is what if we also stopped waiting for when things don't work? I'm actually creating an offer that is literally 100%. We aren't going to question what's not working. Mm. We're going to question what's working. Because I think every single entrepreneur is full of untapped, innovative and creative potential to really put something out there that's just been like sitting in the pit of their stomach or at the bottom of their heart. And they're just not doing it. And you're actually going to have to break up with some things that are working. Mm. Because world, the world changes and you as a human have to change. Your business has to change. You can't wait for it to be broken before you change it.
0: Yeah. And as we change, there's logical reasons why the things that worked before don't work now, right? Yeah. Like, And it may have nothing to do with you.
1: Yeah. Like, if you're speaking from experience, you're, like, the 20th coach or person I've spoke to Is like, no one is buying anything. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Launches are failing out there, guys. It's not, not you. Yeah, It's not yeah, you. It's funny. I'm thinking, like, fashion-wise. I'm, like, there are outfits I
0: could pull off when I was 20 that I can't pull off at 40, and that doesn't mean the outfit's wrong. I'm just different now. No, <laughs> you're just
1: different. Yeah. So it's just – so when else? is it, it doesn't have to be when something's not working. It could just be when you've decided, hey – I want to go beyond my vision. I want to explore some untapped potential. I want someone to help dig inside of me and pull out something I know is there, but I just need a little support around it and everything's working just fine. I'm just ready for that.
0: Oh, okay. My last point that I'm going to make is I'm going to say this also, I can see being a thing of when it's time to switch from taking a bunch of courses and group programs to actually having a mentor or a coach. Yes. Because yes. I do see that being one level where people will hang out for a long time and just take oh, group I'm course there. after group course after group course and they're spending a ton of money. But because it's a group program, like that, that coach or that teacher doesn't, they can't dive in as personally with you because they have 500 people in that program. They're not getting that FaceTime with you. Whereas if they were one-on-one on a call with you, they might catch those things. So no, sometimes it might be time to be like, okay, I can't take classes anymore. It's time for me to go. If you have a personal trainer versus taking group X, the personal trainer is going to be, oh. we're targeted. They're okay. they're on you. They're not going to let you get away with shit.
1: That, and it's just, again, a new level of risk because it comes with a new level of commitment, a new level of price tag, and then a but new exposure. level of ex- yeah, exposure. And then a new level of what's going to be, like I said, if you were to work with me, I'm going to be like, great, let's tear apart all of your offers. I don't care if they work. What if they looked different? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's so good. So good, Sarah. All of it's so good. <laughs> all of it's so good. Trust yourselves, y'all. <laughs> Work on expanding your trust muscle. Yeah. Trust your – that will build your resiliency muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm
0: Love it so much. All right. I know I could talk to you all day. Thank you so much <laughs> for being here. Um, where would you like to be found? Where can people get in touch with you? How can they hear more of your stories? How can they buy your book?
1: Where are you at? Okay. So the most active and best places over on Instagram, Heart and Grit Coaching. Follow me over there. Also my website, heartandgritcoaching.com. I am at Gina at heartandgritcoaching.com. I have um, a free Facebook group. It's called The Heart of Business. You can tap into. I have a podcast, The Heart and Grit Show. Do I forget about my book? You can buy my book on Amazon or for myself and I'll ship it to you signed. It's called Learning to Land Softly. And then um, I don't know when this is airing, but like I'll invite you. I'm doing a writing gala called Unfuck Yourself because <laughs> when it comes to writing content, we fuck ourselves over thinking and over analyzing and trying to figure it out. So it's going to be fun where you actually write. I'm not lecturing, you're going to actively write and tease about your tease out your story to tell your message and new way to market so when okay. is that it starts October 26th but you can do them individually they're an hour session it's like $89 for a session or $3.99 for all access pass you'll have access to recordings so they run from in about October to mid-December love it so love even it. if like this airs in November or whatever if you're hearing this guys know they're all recorded you can still get them if you want them all
0: Love that. Thank you so much. Y'all go follow Gina and pick up all of these gems. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank
1: you, Sarah. So happy to be here.